Greetings and welcome to the latest episode of the First Day Podcast. Join my co-host Leanne Hello and myself, Michael Govier, as we talk about opioid overdoses and who is accountable. When someone dies, like Tyler Skaggs, for example, who was a Major League Baseball pitcher who died of an opioid overdose in 2019, is the person who gave him the pills responsible for his death? And we're not talking mass drug distribution, we're talking about one person to one person. And in the age of trying to reduce harsh sentences for crimes related to drug use, we're gonna talk about accountability, trauma, trying to accept death, and wanting closure all at the same time. It's a very complicated topic, and I'm gonna to try to use my own experience with opioids to enlighten you just a bit. So get your notepad out and get ready to learn on the latest episode of The First Day Pod. Show. It's First Day Podcast. Michael Govier and Leanne, hello. Thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule to chat with us. You can live chat us right here in the stream. Say anything you want, however you want. Right, Leanne? Yes, absolutely. It's my favorite part. Why? Because that's what we do this for is to start the conversation. So um, it's always, it's just really cool to see how people are feeling about different topics and getting other people's insights and experiences so it's my favorite i love it woohoo yippee josh says hello say hi hey josh hey hey what's going on okay so um i want to just tell everybody we are doing the book club we do the book club every week um, Mondays from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time i wanted to let you guys know that i really want you to join this one this book, The Sleep Revolution, uh, if you've ever had any kind of issues with sleep and thinking it's not necessary, <laughs> please join this book club because I'm only on the first chapter and I'm already like, oh my gosh, I need really? to get like my full night's sleep. It's just unbelievable. So, hey, Josh, congratulations, down another pound. What, what? Way to go! Woohoo! Yippee! Way to go, Josh! Ooh, you know, another little component of this podcast that we can do in the comment section, you guys can all share your little wins from the week. I'd love to see those. <laughs> so what about this book club? Oh my gosh. So I am so excited to hear like what everybody's thinking about the book um, and to work through the book with everybody. But this is really, um, the book is called The Sleep Revolution and it's called trans, like the sub title is transforming your life one night at a time. The stats that are coming out about how important sleep is, like we know it's important, but like, oh my gosh, it's just ridiculous how quickly it can affect your, your life. If you just go like five days straight with not getting sufficient sleep, let alone years and decades. So, um, yeah, I just I would love for you if you're listening to this and it intrigues you at all, please message us and it's free, it's easy. Um, we would just love to have you. Yay! Mm -hmm. That sounds nice, honey. I think we can make that happen, don't you? I think so. I think so. I love our group though. Our group right now is so we're like we've been doing how long have we been doing this for? Has it been two years now? 
Almost two years, yep. This summer maybe? Wow. No. What? No. It's like two years right now. The book club? Oh, no. I thought you meant the show. No. Anywho. um, The book club started kind of a July-ish, yeah, summer of 2020. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, super exciting. I just wanted to kind of do that. Um, But, Mike, you can go ahead. We had some great uh, email or texting email kind of thing. I didn't. What happened? What are you talking about, honey? Fill me in. We've had we've had people. I I'm not prepared for this because usually Mike's really prepared with like everything. But we've had some really good response last week on the show. Uh, okay, so Josh says sleep is essential. It can affect the mental and physical body. Amen, brother. Like it is. We know this to be true, but it's just like, man, we've got to take it seriously. Um. Anyway, so the what I was about to say is. Um, we have just been getting a really good response. We Mike did a big shout out last week asking, you know, for you guys to kind of share in like with emails and letting us know what you're thinking about the show. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you're going through, all this kind of stuff. And we've been getting them uh, from you guys this week. And we just really, really appreciate it. Um, it's just really important knowing that these conversations are landing with people. Um and that's what we do this all for. So it's just really exciting. So I just wanted to thank each of you that have reached out. Um, and we've talked privately, but publicly, I just wanted to let you know that if you're hearing this, uh, we do really appreciate you. So that's it. Mm-hmm. Go I ahead, Mike. I think you're a wonderful woman. Thank you for saying that. It's wonderful to be here. Mm-hmm. So today's show okay. is about... Yes. Uh, you know, accountability and who should be responsible when it comes to actions and behaviors that we decide to enact. Are we responsible for our own actions entirely? Or are other people responsible when we make decisions because they had something to do with it in some way? Or what is your take on this? It's a philosophical debate, a discussion that is centered around Tyler Skaggs, who's a major league pitcher who died. July 1st, 2019, from an opioid overdose. He had his whole life ahead of him. He was coming into his own. He was making a lot of money, and he was famous as a pitcher. And then he took a pill. It had fentanyl in it, and that was the end. And now there's a man on trial for that. His name is Eric Kay, and he worked in the Angels Communications Department. He'd been there since 1996. Longtime employee of the team in Los Angeles. And right now there's a lot of debate about Hey, should this guy be sentenced to prison because he gave a guy a pill that ended up taking his life? Now, what we know about the situation, Eric Kay, the person who had the pills, he was a person who unknowingly gave Tyler Skaggs a pill with fentanyl in it. He didn't know that. He didn't want to kill Tyler Skaggs. Sometimes these things happen. They're mislabeled. Sometimes pills and other substances have stuff inside of them like fentanyl that shouldn't be in there. And why does that happen? There's a bunch of reasons why, uh, nefarious reasons, and unfortunately, can't come back from that. So what do you think, Leanne? You know, when it comes to drunk drivers, if someone is drinking and driving and they get pulled over and they blow over a certain limit, in the United States, it's 
they get a drunk driving offense. And they spend the night in jail, and then there's a bunch of other stuff. Jail is the least of your problems after that. $10,000 fines in Michigan and probation and a lot of work, counseling, and a lot of stuff you got to pay for. It's very expensive. So we hold them accountable. But we don't close liquor stores when somebody goes drinking and driving. The person who gave that person the booze, they just, that there's no accountability there whatsoever. So what do you think? It's a tough, that that's a tough one. Um, that's a really tough one. So that's yeah, not easy. That's what we do on the show. We talk about the tough stuff. Yeah. Keep it real. Yes. So the question, like the fact of the matter is that's not legal to be giving other people drugs. Like, that this isn't a, that he's in communications. He's not the doctor that's giving the doc, the drugs to, to him. So that becomes like part of it that that's not right. That's not right. Um, for him to be, for this is all obviously my opinion and very. Yes. Yeah, so you're speaking. So we assume it's your opinion. <laughs> yes. Um, but like, I'm not even, I, I'm not anyway. So, um, yes, that's a problem. However, it's not his fault that he died. Like it's not Eric K's fault that he died. Um, so I don't find that like just based on the story that you have told me, cause I didn't do any research about this. And actually intentionally, I didn't do any research about this because I wanted to be I wanted to kind of be part of the audience in this conversation um, because you're very well versed in all of this. Um, and so I was going to go do research, but then I thought, you know what, I just want to kind of come with questions as we're kind of presenting it. So you did a good job of presenting what this, that story is from what I've heard from you. I don't think, yeah, he should be held like liable for being a drug dealer, like we need to cut down on the ability for people to get these drugs. However, um, it's not his fault that fentanyl was in it. Um, it's also not his fault for even if he just overdosed and it wasn't the fentanyl. It's I don't I also don't think that's his um, fault. But on the other hand, I have a very big problem personally with things like I've always been very upset with your doctors um, in America for not checking in on the opioids that they're prescribing patients and how much they're getting and if they're getting too much and, and any of that. Um, so I have a really hard time with that, but I don't think he should be going to jail for the death of him, but I think there needs to be consequences for the fact that he was his dealer. So that's where I sit at the very beginning, just open. And now you can tell me how you feel about me thinking that way. No, you can feel however you want. Of course. It's a free yes. country over here. That's what they say, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. What does this comment say, Leanne? Read this from Josh. Okay. So Josh says, I think accountability is always on the person themselves. However, McDonald's is not at fault. Okay, McDonald's is not at fault for people having clogged arteries. This accountability, I believe, depends on a situational basis. Right, absolutely. Mind you, I don't know why McDonald's exists. 
I don't know why any of these sugar producing companies exist and I don't know why they're allowed. But anyway, that's a different subject all together. So yes, it is the accountability on the people themselves. But at the same time, like this is such a hard, a hard topic because there's nobody. Well, okay. I don't know nobody. Maybe there's people that go into their first encounter with opioids that they are like, maybe they do, maybe they've seen that like it's a party time and they want to get addicted. But I have never met anybody that has started and said, you know what, I whoa, I want to end up on the street or I want to end up being addicted or I want to end up being super close to death. Nobody starts that way. Everybody starts just with a little bit and maybe it's for pain or maybe it's for whatever. And then it becomes, it's so much bigger than the person themselves for being accountable to it like there's there's so much that happens to you that you've talked about it mike you've talked about the getting dope sick and you'll do anything not to get to that point again so it's so um um intricate the whole thing i think it's very difficult to say that there's it's only on the person that took took the pill for me. And I'm one for like, take accountability for everything. 100% take responsibility for your life. I'm all for that. But when it comes to this, it's, it's a very gray area for me. Yep. Oh yeah. I understand. That's why I love you. Yay. Josh says from a legal standpoint, degrees of accountability is why murder can be dropped to manslaughter and voluntary and involuntary manslaughter. Yes, there are degrees, of course. Right. This is true. And you know, the thing is, Eric K. felt pressure. And some of the testimony of the trial has gone to the jury now, and the jury will decide if Eric K. is responsible for Tyler Skaggs' death or not. K. said he felt pressure to supply the players with opioids. And it got more and more pressurized because these players, they wanted them. Maybe some of them were getting hooked on. Maybe they needed them for pain. I mean, baseball has 162 games. It's a super long season, has a ton of injuries, and the players are always managing pain. So I believe this case really is about what's going on inside a sport where painkillers are very common. It's different than the rest of society. You know, there's doctors on staff, and it's a free-for-all. People think football is where that happens most often, but baseball, just the same. And think about being this guy who's just an employee, a regular Joe, right? And he is constantly being hit up by these players for pills. There's several players who testify that they got pills from Kay or that they gave pills to Tyler Skaggs. Matt Harvey was a player who did that, and uh, Blake Parker. These are all examples of players who were taking the pills at times, gotten pills from other players, et cetera, et cetera. And this is just one team. There's 29 other teams in baseball. So what you got going on here is complicated. And in my experience, you know, I've survived opioid use disorder. It was pretty severe for a long time. And I'm grateful that that is no longer the case in my life. And I'm free and clear of that. And I'm really happy for that. Me too. Thank you. And I know a lot about it. I have lived this life. So I posted a video on Twitter yesterday on my Twitter account. If you want to follow me, at MJGovie, G-O-V as in Victor, I-E-R. That's where I'm most active. About how if somebody had gave me a bogus dose, 
that I wouldn't expect anybody to pay for it. I wouldn't expect anybody to go to jail for it because I knew the score. I know the stakes of the game and how it's played. I decided to take the pills. Not really decided. It was like I had no choice. I I had to. I didn't want to get dope sick. I didn't want to get sick. Being dope sick is worse than... SARS, COVID, Ebola, some of the worst things on earth. It's awful. It's just so, so miserable. And it lasts for days. It's not just like a 24-hour bug. It'll go on for quite a while. Convulsions are possible, muscle spasms, diarrhea, vomiting, hot sweats, a lack of sleep. It's awful. So you don't want to feel like that. So you will do whatever you can to avoid that. And that's what leads to desperation. And in that desperation... I could have taken a bogus dose. I could have had pills that I thought were Vicodins or Oxys that ended up being fentanyl. I would have been dead like that. Especially when I was taking 25 at a time, just throwing them down my throat. You know, that's a lot. 25, 10 milligram Vicodins at a time. It's ridiculous, but that's how serious my uh, routine had become. And if any of those had fentanyl in them, I'd be dead. But I wouldn't expect anybody to be charged with a crime for that. It sucks. You can't bring people back. We have a lot of things now to try to prevent opioid overdose deaths. Narcan is universal everywhere now. If you've ever been on YouTube or watch any documentaries, there's so many documentaries now about paramedics and first responders on the move, saving people's lives with Narcan spray, spraying it up their nose. These things are commonplace now. And I don't, I just don't see how we can hold individuals accountable when other individuals chose to enact their ability to take pills and do whatever they wanted. Now, again, like I say, it's not about willpower. You're not really in control. You're, you're in a trance. You're a zombie. You have to make sure you get the stuff inside of you because you're going to get sick and you'll do anything to avoid that. So Eric K., the guy who gave... Tyler Skaggs, this fentanyl pill. He didn't know there was fentanyl in it, as far as I know. As far as everything I've read about this story, he didn't know that it was a fentanyl-laced pill. And there's also some confusion about the medical examiner who ended up being let go from his job the year after for other cases, which doesn't really matter in our situation here. It's really about the pain of loss. And when family members are left with a dead one who they never thought would die, or parents that lost children way before the time they should have ever gone, we are demanding like answers. We want someone to be held accountable. And unfortunately, I think that leads to an extremism that is desperate to find anything to latch onto. When in reality, what you could do is maybe take some of that energy and apply it to people who need help. People like Tyler Skaggs who lost their life from opioid use and and help them. Give your Give your frustration, your anger, your bitterness, your your traumatic feelings over to another area of life that would help other people live. And there's no way you could bring back the person you lost from your opioid overdose, but you certainly could provide help and support to people who are currently struggling through opioid use disorder or just substance use disorder in general, alcohol, all this stuff. It's all out there. And you could, in a little way, maybe make a few lives brighter because you know what it's like to lose someone. That's just a thought. Yeah. Some people say, well, it's really easy for you to just sit there. You know, you didn't lose somebody to opioid overdose. And technically, that's true. Right. But I, I know a lot of people who did die from that. They just came and went out of meetings. I saw it all the time. 12-step meetings, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous. They came and went 
And then one day they weren't there anymore. They used to show up all the time. And then you hear, oh, yeah, he, she died. She, t- uh, you know, she relapsed and died. And that's it. So Tyler Skaggs' death, while tragic, is not uncommon. And just because he's a baseball player, too, and that he's famous and well-known, I don't think that he deserves to have any more extra attention give be given to his case when there are tens of thousands of people right now who have either died, hundreds of thousands that have died over the last five years. And we don't know anything about them at all. Other people that survived an opioid overdose and we're not holding their providers accountable either. So it's complicated. It's not cut and dry, Leanne. It's very messy and it's a gray area big time. Okay, so is this trial... Is this just for Eric K? Is that all that it is? Like, were there other parts of it yeah. that they went deeper where it started, like, or with their the doctors nope. that were on staff? It's just him. The trial's about Eric K, yes. There weren't any other, there's no other investigation on the people where this started? Oh, there's other investigations. Some people testified with immunity, like other players and stuff, but he's the only one on trial. That's right. The Angels are not on trial. He seems to be kind of a scapegoat here. Mm-hmm. Although he technically did provide the pill that ended up killing Skaggs. Skaggs, Skaggs took a combination of alcohol, a fentanyl pill, and I think uh, oxycodone maybe as well. I'd have to double check that. But it was a, he choked on his own vomit and died. So, mm-hmm. uh, Josh says, from a legal standpoint, degrees of accountability is why murder can be dropped. Oh, I covered that one. My yeah. bad. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Giving a medication or drug to someone who is not the prescribed party is against the law regardless. See, that's I said that in my video, too. This is all unlawful activity, and somehow we're going to decide to hold one person accountable to the law when everybody is involved in illegal activities. I think there's some focus there that needs to be paid attention to. Break that down. Josh says, this is a problem in military organizations as well, and we take risk analysis in our minds that are jaded. Much of this is external parties looking to blame others for someone else's jaded decisions. We did touch on this same concept in the discussion of the Oxford shooting. That's true, Josh. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Regarding behavior, redirection, regarding blame. Yeah. So, look, I'm not the soothsayer. I'm not the expert here. I have personal experience with opioids, and I know how painful and challenging it can be. But from my point of view, as a survivor of the whole damn thing, I just don't I don't think we do any good by trying to take people to trial and convict them of crimes. I believe in accountability, but we should look at bigger pictures. We talk about Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family and then other pharmaceutical companies that were pushing all these opioids for years. We have proof of that now. I believe in holding these blatantly suspect and malicious companies or individuals who intentionally hurt someone. That's completely different. Eric K. did not intentionally try to kill Mm -hmm. Tyler Skaggs with a fentanyl overdose. That is not what happened here. And that's my point. It's sad and it's tragic, but people die every day, and we don't say anything about a lot of those Mm -hmm. deaths because they came and went. We don't. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. A lot of layers here, Leanne. It is, absolutely. And you would, it would be... It would be powerful and useful if this was an investigation that was going deeper into the organization, like into the actual what's happening with like 
the owners and what they all know what's happening. They all know what's happening. The doctors that they're hiring that are allowing these kids to have, you know, these drugs. Why do they need to be on such heavy opioids? Because they're playing too many games, because they're being stretched too thin, because they're doing all of this stuff. And so there's so much more that they could be tapping into. But I think when you called him a scapegoat, that really is what it sounds like, that it's just, this is going to be the easiest way, put it on trial, then wipe your hands of it, and then just let this keep happening. So it's, yeah, I agree that it's not, it's unfortunate that he's in the spotlight for this. Um, I can't even imagine what he's going through because I'm sure he's going through his own hell knowing that his, at that point, they're your friend. Like I, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's his friend. Yes. It's, it's a player and it's a, but like, he's the one that they're like, they're very close. And so it's like losing your brother to this. So he's going through his own hell. Um, so I think that is really, unfair um and if they're trying to make a point for the public so then the public can understand that this is a huge problem um yeah they can do it a different way or going in and going deeper going deeper i think is the result because i don't think it's like this eric hay guy it's it starts with the the i don't know how the hierarchy of baseball world works but like the ownership and the the all of these that are just like manipulating all these kids on the field. I feel like that's where it needs to be changed. Yeah. I don't know. The mental health angle of this and the addiction angles, you know, we focus on here. First day pod. Mm -hmm. Don't forget. You can email the show first day pod at gmail.com. Thank you. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's always a good idea. Please subscribe to our YouTube we would appreciate having you aboard because mm-hmm. the more we learn from others, the more we learn. But this is a mental health crisis as well. There's so many people in need of help. Uh, they live in shame and fear and stigma still remains. I, I destroy that stigma. I punch it in the face. I'm not afraid of that stigma and I'm always going to stand up to it. You're not going to win the day here, stigma. I'm going to talk openly and honestly about my life and it's okay. It's going to be normalized. But that's not how a lot of people feel. They feel tremendous guilt and they hide it. I saw some tweets today just related to this whole trial. A lot of people have been talking about how they feel internally and some experiences they've had with addiction that they felt really ashamed of, which is totally unnecessary. You don't need to feel that way. And I don't want you to feel that way. You don't deserve that. Nobody does. This is something that happens. It's a disease. It's also a behavior. It's a learned behavior. And you repeat it just like most other learned behaviors. But just like most other learned behaviors, you can also unlearn and find a better way forward. And that's the point of doing the show and talking openly about it, Leanne. That's why we do this. We want to make sure that we talk about things that are going on in the country right now that are you know timely because this is happening. But it's also important. It's not just a way for us to try to make clickbait material for you to absorb. This is very much at the heart of a lot of families, tears them apart brings a lot of pain and trauma within the relationships of those families, loved ones, siblings, significant others, so on and so on. And I don't think we get anywhere by trying to use the court as a way to punish people. What we really need to do is find understanding through common 
ground between all of us. There's almost nobody left now. It's getting harder and harder to find anybody who doesn't know somebody who's been affected Mm -hmm. by substance use disorder and whether they lost somebody who died from an overdose or years of the use. You know what it's like. You understand that. So why would you... Why would you not speak openly to try to help others? I know we're not all willing to just openly talk out in the public sphere about what happened with our own personal experiences, but we can save lives. We can literally help people who need it by acting in a loving, kind, and caring, and compassionate way, compassionate being key, as opposed to a uh, punitive way. And again, it's different when somebody intentionally tries to kill someone, in my mind, you you're committing an act. If you load up pills with fentanyl that aren't supposed to be fentanyl, you are a malicious son of a bitch and you need to be held accountable for that. So it's not just blanket universal statements being made here. There are caveats. There is context. Absolutely. I really like your idea, though, about the people that the families and the everybody that's affected by this using their energy for good and for awareness. And that would be wonderful. And that's how things come to be. That's how there are organizations that started because, you know, it was a family member that just saw a problem in, in society that there was a gap that people aren't talking about things and, and they start, foundations and they start different things. So I think this could turn into something maybe better or brighter. Um, But oh my gosh, it's so tough. Now I'm just, I can't stop thinking about his family, Tyler's family. Gosh, all of them. It's just so. You can understand why they're upset. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, But even Eric, hey, like my gosh, I don't know. There's just so much to it. And we don't sit. That's the other thing is when it's on the news, when it's on Twitter, when it's on all this, it's not people. We're not thinking about people anymore. It's just like it's, you know, black and white and this is what it is. And they're the devil and they're their angel and this was wrong and this is right. And it's just like people need to sit back for just a second and look at try to put yourself in their position like try to look at that okay so what does josh have to say leanne and mike Mike, yeah that's us (laughs) we all know that if you have enough money or legal protection accountability does not apply sadly Mm -hmm. yeah well we're not immune to that we definitely are not naive uh leanne might be naive i don't know i'm not naive uh she's a sweet woman and she always means well and uh Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of sweet woman, Super Bowl Sunday, that was a lot of fun. Me and Leanne watched the game together, and uh, that was our first Super Bowl together, I guess. Just the two of us watching a game, so that was cool, I guess. But we didn't really watch it till the second half, because during the first half, we went to the grocery store, and while we were in the frozen food section, we met this woman, mm. and she had lost her husband. He had died from COVID just a few weeks prior. Mm-hmm. Like, this had just happened. and she just December 28th basically told us yeah she basically just told us that right there while we're in the frozen food section talking about how empty the shelves were because all the wings had been cleared out for super bowl sunday and she just told us everything about yeah i don't know what to do now and it just reminded me of you know how precious our time is and the importance of perspective Mm -hmm. so 
Millions of people watching the Super Bowl gathered around at a lot of little parties and social gatherings while we were sitting here listening to this woman who was, I don't know, probably maybe 50, 60 years old. And she had come here from Romania. She was an immigrant many years ago. She had a life here with her husband, and now he's dead, and she doesn't know what to do. It was just a sobering reality check. And I, I won't forget that. I thought it was... It was the kind of moments where when we're out and about, and Leanne's always trying to be helpful and connect with people when we go out anywhere. She'll tell all the people in the world, if she could, that they have great hair. She loves telling girls that they have great hair all the time. I, I, love I don't she does say that. it she, all the time. I just say it if they no, have you don't. great You're hair. Right. You're right. So, yes. She loves doing that. She loves, oh, my God, I love your hair. And someone will be like, oh, thank you. No one's ever gotten pissed once because of that. I, I know that for sure. But I'm going to tell you why that's a nice compliment if it's true. Because women spend a lot of money on it. They pick the style. They pick the color. They do all these things. It's their choice. It's their creativity. It's their grooming. It's their taking care of themselves every morning to make it look like that. So it's a nice way to compliment people if you mean it. If they have bedhead and mm -hmm. it looks awful, like you don't say it just to say it. But it's a nice no, one because if that. you tell people like – some people have like amazing eyes and you tell them, oh, you have beautiful eyes. It doesn't mean much because it's like you're born with it. And it's like, mm, thanks. Here they are. Or you, the, I love your outfit. That's great. Like I picked it up at the store. Like, but the hair is a very personal thing. And it's really, uh, it's stating who they are. So I think it's a very nice compliment if it's true. So I don't just throw it out there just to throw it out there. No, you don't. And I would never insinuate that at all. So just want to be clear. Josh says, many times it's just one person in a family that decides to take proactive action to create foundations. Many times, many other family members fall apart from a mental perspective. Mm. So let's see that again. Many times it's just one person in a family that decides to be proactive to create foundations. Okay. Well, that's that's a big, sure. that is possible. Absolutely. And it I takes think, one, yeah, one person. That's it. That's it. Um, and I another. Think, go ahead. You saying I think? Come on, speak. Yeah, I was. Off. I was going, no, because I thought I was cutting you off. So, um, I think another thing that came from that uh, interaction at the at the grocery store, it really made me realize. Now, this lady had I don't know how many six kids or something, six kids and 13 grandchildren or something like something like she's got a lot of people in her life. But she felt the need like she's alone in this grocery store and we're open people, but she felt the need to really she kind of like it was cute the way she brought it up because she kind of like just slipped it in there. That Super Bowl doesn't mean anything now that she's lost her husband. And then that she was walking to her cart away from us when she said that. That could have been a very easy thing that we just say, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry, and then walk the other way and get out of the aisle so then there's no communication. But we stepped into it to have the conversation. And I think that is a good lesson, too, for all of us. We say that we're so divided. We say that we can't – There's I can't talk to anybody. There's nobody. Uh, you know, I'm so isolated. I'm so – go to the grocery store or go to the coffee shop or go to the bus stop, or go to wherever, and look people in the eye, and say hello, how are you doing, and wait until they answer. Like, people need 
connection. They just need it. We all need it. And you would be able to have conversations with just about anybody out there um, if you're just open for it. So it's another thing that I was just like, I was thinking about it when we got back, how many people she has in her life and yet she still needed to kind of vent to people. And sometimes it's easier to vent to people that don't know you. So um, I would just say if, if you're thinking that you're isolated, um, which we a lot of us feel, I'd say get out and go and just try to talk to people or try to listen to people. Anyway, so that was that was good. Anyway, back to the trial. Hmm. Back to the trial. Ooh, wait, no, what I want to say, uh, what's that? Huh? Ooh. Go ahead. Uh, I do want to say one more thing. So, Thank um, you. I think. Oh gosh, where did we talk about this? Did we talk about this on the show last week? I'm not sure, but um, we. Josh, I think you're the one that brought it up last week when we were talking about being um, personally aware or self-aware and socially aware. And um, we've had people that have been reaching out to us um, about certain shows um, where we've had guests on that have shared their stories. And Mike and I talked about that this weekend, that we really want that to be our focus going forward. Um we love all of you that have been on the show that are clinicians and in the field. Um, we love the conversations that we've had, but there is just something so special about somebody coming on that has no, no reason to share where they got help. No reason to share, like there's no vested interest in this is the program that can help you because I just so happen to provide it. Or this is a thing because I just so happen to that it's so vulnerable for people to come on the show and just have a conversation with us. Um, and I think it's really hitting home with a lot of people. So I want to make the ask that if you have been struggling with addiction, mental health, um, humanity, just the human experience, and you have something that you can share with the audience about how you have either come out the other side or are coming out the other side. Um, if you have something to share that can you think uplift somebody else or help somebody else, or at least at the very minimum, make them feel like they're not alone, make us feel like we're all together and we are all experiencing some form of this. Um, I would really, really love for you to message us on any of your Twitter, Instagram, any of them, or email us firstdaypod at gmail.com. Um, and we would love to have you on the show. If you know of somebody that has a story, um, reach out to them and tell them about us. Have them come into the comments one week, see what we're all about. And if they're comfortable, we would love to have them on the show. So I just wanted to throw that out there as well. Hmm. Well said, my love. Very well said. We're definitely looking for you people. Personal stories, personal experiences. We don't want to hear us talk the whole time. We want to hear the stories from people that have lived it. We're talking mental health, addiction, whatever it is related to it. Personal development related issues. All of it is in service. If it helps others in any way by sharing your story. That's a win. That's who we want on the show. So please hit us up, firstdaypod at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on any social media that you prefer. 
but it's really easy to do. And if you're feeling like, hey, I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to share my experience with a lot of people, but I just didn't know how to do it. I didn't know if I could either. I mean, who wants to hear from me? <laughs> well, that's not true. People want to hear from you. So don't miss the boat. This is your chance now. <laughs> Strike while the iron's hot. I don't know what that means, but the iron's hot. Is it, is it only a good time to strike when the iron is hot? What if the iron isn't hot? Can we still strike? What are you striking? I don't know. That's just what they say. Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, I don't know what the saying is. Josh says, many times I find myself being open like the lady in the grocery store because many times I will never see those people again. Oh, mm -hmm. This could also be true for the lady in the store. Yeah, Great share point. whatever you want. You'll never see them again. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever thought about getting up a Google phone for people to call in to discuss and be open with the first day podcast community. That's a great point. I've done that with other shows. I tried it once. I had a phone call once. We absolutely have the ability to have phone calls. And this is a genius idea. And I think starting next week, we will enact a phone number and we will be able to have live real-time call-ins. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Good call, Josh. Josh. That's right. You need to be our Woo! manager. <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect. We're definitely going to do that. That makes total sense to me. Of course. Thanks, Josh, Josh is amongst the people who feel more comfortable sharing with people they'll never see again. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who feel like that. It's a lot easier for them to just dump everything on someone like an Uber driver. The bartender is a classic one, although you might know the bartender if you're a regular. But an Uber driver comes in your life, drops you off, and you probably never see him again. So why not just tell him everything? It happened to me all the time when I was a driver for Uber and Lyft. They would just... I get a lot of people's stories and they would just talk and talk and talk and I never saw them again. Wow. It's cathartic. It's Some people, people also feel like they have to really know someone too. Mm-hmm. But that's, yes, everybody is different. But I feel like it's when people are really feeling like they need to really know somebody and trust somebody before they can open up. There's probably something layered underneath there of times that they haven't, where they have opened up to the wrong person. Um, so there's a lot more depth to it. We all at the end of the day just need to connect. That's it. It's super, it's super simple. It's scary, but it gets easier because then you realize like anywhere you go, people are people anywhere. Any country you go to, any anything, I'll tell you, like, even if you don't speak the same language, heart and love and pain are all universal. We all feel it the same way. And so it doesn't matter where you are. I think we just all need to start connecting. Yep, yep, yep. No doubt about it. Woohoo! That is definitely true, Leanne. See, look at that. Someone agrees with you. Besides Finally. Me. Yay! <laughs> That's one for our side. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. But yeah, back to the topic at hand. And mm -hmm. I just, you're not going to change certain people's minds. I already had a few comments. Somebody retweeted my video about the Tyler Skaggs situation yesterday. And they said, Something like, uh, this is not the take. This is a dumb take. This is stupid. Which is, you know, that's your right. Because maybe I didn't express myself properly. It's hard to do so on social media. You only have so much time. You only have so many characters. And you only get two minutes and 20 seconds for a video on Twitter. So I try to always have to say as much as I possibly can within that two minutes and 20 seconds. And it can be hard to properly express a complex 
complicated situation filled with gray in that amount of time. So I understand. I just you don't un- get it. You understand somebody taking the time out of their social media feed to grab your video and to put it onto their profile and say, this is dumb. Well, essentially they're saying they disagree. This is not a good take. This is not the way it should be. Why can't he just do that in the comments or comment or better yet, reach out to you. I don't know. Because he disagrees. That's fine. People do disagree and they're going to make people aware of that. I don't know. I just think that's like, oh, yes, it's nice to have debate and it's nice to have like differing opinions. But I just, I feel like if you're that animate that this is a, a dumb response to something that's this important, um, I bet you any money there's a lot that's going on there that he's hiding. Yeah. Just saying. I, just saying. Like, the you've been on the other side that you've needed to take somebody else's. I've personal. seen something that. Well, I don't really go into the debate on social media because right. that's that's a path that leads to nowhere right? and a dead end. So I don't really yes. do that. But sometimes I retweet something from something I saw. It's usually something that I find interesting or I appreciate or I agree with. Uh, if I disagree with it, I think I would try to DM the person privately maybe instead of causing a public you know, Correct. fire. Correct. Chaos. But anyways, that doesn't matter. There's just a lot of feedback from a lot of different people on my post, and that's why I want to talk about it tonight. What would you do? If you're seeing this now, you can watch us anytime on the YouTube channel by subscribing. All of our videos are available there, so it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you can't sleep, it's 3.30 in the morning, or you woke up nice and early, had your coffee, got a workout in, did some cleaning around the house, and you want to watch or listen to something, you could do so on the YouTube channel or your preferred podcast platform. It's a good thing. Uh, what does Josh say here? Josh, you want to read it to us? Sure. He says, well, you will always get backlash where someone will refuse to be open-minded and embrace the other side of the coin, especially on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If we were more open-minded, this world would be such a better place. Well mm-hmm. said, Josh. Yep. Yes. I love it. And I love I that love you it. are so open and so vulnerable and so just human out there mike it's just so nice to see and so refreshing to see yeah i gotta tell you you know it's just what i do but you know what i'm gonna tell you it has been that's been a struggle for me in this relationship that's something that i've had to work through because i have been a very private person like I wear my heart on my sleeve. I tell everybody a lot of things, but there's certain things that I'm just like, "Mm, we don't talk about that in public. Mm, We don't really say that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I've had to work on like listening to you share things. Um, It doesn't anymore. Now it's just like, okay, this is just, there we go. That's, that's truth. So why would we be upset about truth? Like there's, that's his truth. He's not being mean to anybody. He's not hurting anybody. He's just speaking his truth. But it's weird that two years ago when this started, us together started, and you would speak your truth that I'd be like, oh, why? I wonder, oh my gosh, are my friends, are my family going to hear that? Oh my gosh, what are they going to think? What are they going to think if he's telling all of this private stuff? Oh my gosh, what if he talks about me? Like all this dumb 
stuff. And so I am super grateful um, that you are who you are because it's really making me realize how much I've been conditioned to care way too much about what other people think. Because <laughs> first of all, they don't really care. Nobody really cares. And the people that are making comments or taking your stuff and putting it on their own social media, they have their own issues. So that like, it really doesn't matter. So Mike, I just thank you so much for being who you are. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. You're a good Truth. woman. You Truth. are. Um, wait a minute. Oh, I couldn't read that. I'm sorry. Leanne, do you think being on this podcast allows you to be able to be open publicly? Yes. That's Josh asking the question. Yes, Josh. I actually want to go back. I'd be very curious um, because I feel a lot more comfortable. Like there's not as much anxiety here when we're doing these shows. But I remember in the beginning, it was really tough for me, really tough. And Mike would ask me questions. I'm like, I don't want to say my feelings. So, um, but yeah, no, I think it's this podcast has opened me up tremendously. Yeah. I've definitely seen it in her. That did come up a lot, and that doesn't really come up at all anymore. I, I hadn't thought about it lately, but I'm really yeah. happy that Leanna has been able to accept this more open forum that we talk about our lives. I mean, we still have some things that are private. It's not all out there, but mm -hmm. you know, the things that matter most that so we can help people from our own personal experiences is what we're going to do. And Leanne has just become... She's always been down with that. It was just a change of pace for her, I think. Mm -hmm. Right? You can, I mean, you already said it well, better than I can say it about you. So <sighs> it doesn't matter what I think. Uh, so here's some of the comments that were on my video on MJ Govier, my Twitter feed. Someone said, appreciate you speaking honestly. Thank you. Great job of sharing your perspective here. I never thought of it that way. That's nice. Preach, brother. Very cool. Yeah, I lost a brother and an uncle to drugs. They were in the game, and they knew the stakes. Tragic for sure, but on them. So. Mm. Thanks for being open. You're welcome. My family has been affected by drugs repeatedly over the years. This is a problem that needs less stigmatization, stigmatization sorry, and more acceptance. I wish you luck in your recovery. Well, I'm, uh, I'm recovered, so that's the good news there. And I DM'd with that guy ever so briefly too. And you just learn more about people when this happens. That's the cool part about Twitter and social media. We're connecting with real experiences in real time. And it, it's taken for granted a bit now these days, I think, but we really should remember that. Mm -hmm. uh, another one said, thank you, Michael. It's not something I understand. So I appreciate your candor and insight. See, look at that. It's not something that someone understands. So they learn about it from somebody who has personal experience with it. Yes. Those are the people that can benefit the rest of society the most. The people who have the experience with the issue, whether it's a mental health disorder or whether it's an addiction disorder or if it's related to personal development challenges that you overcame or that you were not able to overcome and you still deal with, you can really make your mark with others by sharing it. Mm -hmm. We haven't even talked about this. So, uh, a friend, Luke, Luke is a dear friend of mine. I've known Luke forever, 25 plus years. And he listened to our show two weeks ago featuring Joe Chapman. Joe Chapman is a really great guy. And he never had been on a podcast. And he came on our show a couple weeks ago to talk about his, his journey he's on, which is currently ongoing with alcoholism and substance use disorder. And Luke had listened to it. Luke's not a regular listener to our show, I don't believe. 
But he was so impressed by this episode that he had to reach out and text me and say these things. I'm going to share a few things of what he said. He, out of nowhere, by the way, this was really cool because me and Leanne were together at the same time. So we get to share in this experience simultaneously, which is great, right? This is what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. But then I thought since you weren't picking up on it, I was like, ooh, maybe Luke didn't want to share this. So that's why I kind of like, and trying to like just be like general. So yeah. moron. Okay, continue. Uh, just loved your last episode with Joe. Really liked that guy. Surprising that this was his first podcast appearance. And you and Leanne do a great job too. Yes. I loved it, he says. And I've always... Always love the your ability to be completely on. Okay, great. And I get a kick out of hearing someone else say how much they love seeing that honesty from you too. Leanne is fantastic. She strikes a real difficult balance of being forgiving and generous without it coming off as cheesy. That's true. Thanks, Luke. I love it. I think above all else, it's the authenticity of both you guys that makes it work so well. Thank you, Luke. That's very cool. But it was really how it made him feel that we were interested in and how he was able to connect with Joe and he says that those types of experiences and people on podcasts or whatever show it is, they're the ones that provide the most lasting, long, meaningful change because they enact a response in others because they know exactly what that person is talking about. There's no way we could bring someone on who expressed their own story on this show there's no way we could find somebody who wouldn't relate to it. There's always going to be people that get it because our human experience is universal. While it's unique in many different ways, there's still a lot of stuff that is universal. That's why cliches exist. That's why a lot of the stuff that is repetitive in our population, the human being population, that's why it happens because it's commonplace and you are not alone. No, you're not. No matter how unique you might think you are. Absolutely. And you are special. I mean, you are a unique human being. And that at the same time, right, you have something unique to offer, but it, they're both happening at the same time. Your uniqueness and your common traits amongst your other fellow humans. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? And that's why that actually right there is why we can do this show every single week with a new story. Yeah. And it will never get boring because the general characteristics of all of us that we all hold true will resonate with each other. But our special, unique way is what's going to spark it a different way. Like, you know, when you can hear, like, I can tell you until I'm blue in the face, something that's not good. You know, like, don't, don't do that. Don't hun, don't do that. Don't do that. And we could do that for years. And then you hear it just very differently, just in a unique little way from somebody else. And then you'll come home and be like, babe, you're not going to believe this. But I was talking to this guy and he said, I really shouldn't be doing this anymore. So I think I'm going to just stop. (laughs) It's like, what? And that's what it is. It's the same message, but we all have a special gift in the way that we can present it to different people. And my message will get across to somebody and it will not land with another person. And that's why I think it's going to be so important to do this every single week. If we can, Mm. if people are open enough to be able to get this out, because we really are, we're, we're spreading the exact same message, the exact same message. Everybody that comes on the show is we all need to love each other more. We all need to love ourselves more. We all need to care for ourselves. And that's what it comes down to like everybody. And even the, like even Joe, Joe, like, 
it was so interesting to listen to him because he had that I need to care for me. And you just don't think about that with, you know, yeah. sports guys and all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's always the same message. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's well said. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. We thank you so much. Uh, I hope that we, I don't even know if we clarified, you know, this ongoing case has gone to trial now <laughs> and it's done. So the jury's going to decide if Eric K is responsible for Tyler Skaggs, unfortunate opioid overdose. Nothing will bring him back. But if the justice brings peace and comfort to the family of the one who lost, then I, you know, that's not a terrible thing. I just, I just don't know. We can't, we don't always get to have everything go exactly the way we plan it to or the, the way it should. I think a lot of people, this is the way things should be. And there's just no way that we can always make other people's decisions for them or find fault and convict them with those same tendencies. And uh, I wish Tyler Skaggs was alive. I wish he was going to be a pitcher this year. I, of course I do. I don't want him to die. I don't want anyone to die, though. Just again, remember, there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are dead and millions more who are suffering because of substance use disorder. And they don't have a platform either. I'm just telling you. So if you feel bad for Tyler Skaggs and it brings out a lot of emotions in you, you should feel bad. He lost his life. But I mean to say that if there is something within you that is sparked because of this case and this trial, then consider instead of chastising or placing blame on Eric Kay, consider using that in another fashion. One that could provide a positive benefit to those in need and to society overall. And again, it's your life, and you can do whatever the hell you want with it. So, <laughs> All right, that's it. Firstdaypod at gmail.com, and uh, we'll be back next Wednesday. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a guest again. Like we said, if you want to be a guest of the show, you have an experience you want to share with us that you think will be meaningful and create at least somewhat of a connection with someone else in this world, firstdaypod at gmail.com or DM us anywhere. We would really, really like to have you on. And don't forget about the book club, too. Yes. Right, Leanne? Yes. Monday is at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks, guys. Alrighty. Remember, every day is the first day of the rest of your lives. That's right. Said that Thanks, many Josh. times, Josh. Thanks for your participation <laughs> on the show, Josh. And we'll catch you guys later. Take care of yourselves. Bye.